Good morning, everyone. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here at Bridgewater, and we are really thankful to have you guys here with us today. We are going to dive into God's Word and continue our series called Relationship Goals. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it. You can open up to Colossians chapter 3. That's where we're going to be today. If you don't happen to have a Bible with you, you can use your phone if you want. Or if you want, we also have Bibles out in the foyer that are free. You can grab one. They're, they're, they're little orange Bibles on the black table right back here. Please grab one. Uh, you know, you can grab it right now or grab it on your way out. We'd love for you to be able to have a Bible. Now, this particular series, Relationships, re- Relationship Goals, is all about the 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 different relationships that we all have, whether it's marriage to dating to things with our kids, even things in the church, and, and relationships that we have out in the community, in, in our jobs and in our work. And we are focusing on how we can make sure that we thrive in these relationships, not just survive. Now, I want to talk with you about a a, a particular type of relationship today, but in order to do so, I want to set it up a little bit. I grew up in church. I don't know how many of you grew up in church. Some of you probably did. Some of you maybe didn't, and that's great. But um, I grew up in church, and let's see if this kind of, you know, if any of you grew up with this kind of mindset. I grew up with the mindset that, you know, you didn't run in church. Did you have that mindset? Anybody? Okay. You didn't yell in church. You didn't get loud or rambunctious in church. And, and I'm not being critical of this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be critical of it. I'm just saying I grew up with a mindset that there was like certain things that you could do outside of church time and not inside. Even certain ways you could dress outside of church time and certain ways to dress inside of church time. Now, I don't think it was intentional, okay? I think there were good reasons behind that, and you'll notice here at Bridgewater, we, we, we tend to do things a little bit differently, but, but there, were, there, were in, there were good reasons behind some of those things. It wasn't intentional, but unfortunately, what ended up happening is that there was this, like, distinction that I grew up with, that, like, there were things you could do at church or ways you acted at church, and then ways that you act outside of church. Anybody grow up with that, that mindset? It was almost like there was this like secular, you know, the things that you did out in the world and sacred, the things you did in church, distinction, okay? And unfortunately, what I found is that um, that's not in line with Scripture, that secular, sacred distinction. In fact, what happened for me is I read this verse. I remember being a teenager, one of the first times I read this verse on my own, and I was like, wait a minute. Let me show it to you. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Here's what it says. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And all of a sudden, my, my mind blew up, and it's like, wait a minute. So when I am outside of things kind of in church, I'm supposed to glorify God? Yeah. When I'm inside, you know, when we're we're gathering or when you, I'm supposed to glorify God? Yeah. No matter where I go, no matter what's going on, in my relationships, at work, you know, at school, all of those things, the goal for a person who is in Christ is to 
glorify God. And here's the thing. I came to the conclusion as I studied God's word that there is no such thing as a secular, sacred distinction. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as, as you know, God's time and, and my time. Because when I started following Jesus Christ, he took ownership of me. Does that make sense? Now, I know it wasn't intentional. Nobody was trying to, like, lead me astray or whatever. But I grew up with that distinction. And here's what I became convinced of. I became convinced that I couldn't act one way at home and then another way at church. I couldn't act one way at school and then another way around certain people. I became convinced that even the way I treated my brother, I could no longer take him out in the backyard and lock him in the shed. I I probably did that. Uh, I think he broke the window out with the nunchucks when I locked him in there once. And I realized, no, you, 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 can't, you can't do that because when I started following Jesus, every area of my life was meant to change. In fact, I would say it like this, following Jesus bleeds over into every area of life, every area of life, even your work. And that's what we're going to talk about today. If you're here today and you're, you're a Christ follower, following Jesus means that we're going to have some different goals for what work looks like. And some of you say, well, I'm retired. Okay, great. Following Jesus means you're going to have different goals for your retirement. Following Jesus means you're going to have different goals at school. Following Jesus means you're going to have different goals when you're volunteering. So whatever stage of life you're in, if you're a, if you're a, a teen here today and you're still in school, uh, I, I hope you'll follow along and apply these things to your schoolwork. If you are retired, I hope you'll apply these things to your retirement. If you are in the throes of, of your career and your work life, I hope that you will take the time to apply these with us here today as we look at how following Jesus needs to bleed over even into our work. So let me share with you a little bit of my work history. Because it would be easy, I think, for, for many to think, well, you're, you're a pastor, of course. You'd say, you know, following Jesus needs to impact how you pastor. Well, some of you here are, are mechanics. Some of you here work at, at Binghamton University, at the university at SUNY Binghamton. Some of you here work, work for Lockheed. Some of you work for, uh, you, you know, your, your computer programmers. You do, there's, there's all kinds of things. And there's no distinction between your work and my work. There's no difference. See, I grew up, and at the age of 12, I started, started mowing lawns. I wanted to make some money, and I learned pretty quickly that, that I could do that pretty well. And so by the time I was 16, I was mowing 60 or 70 yards a week. And then I started trimming trees for, for people, and, and I got trained by the National Arbor Day Foundation to be a, a, a tree trimmer. And then I went to college and let that go. And, and if you can believe it, I mean, look at me. It, it makes sense. I, I work security. Yeah, it's, it's about right. Yeah. I don't know exactly what I was securing, uh, but uh, I did. I worked security for one year. That was terrible. Uh, I'd go on at 1 in the morning and get off at 7 in the morning and then go straight to class. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, after that, for, I worked for a, uh, a warehouse for a, a company that shipped food to one of the, the largest um, you know, grocery stores throughout the Midwest. I was 
involved in packing, you know, pallets full of food and shipping them out. And you'd go from, from the, the dry dock being, you know, 95 degrees to the freezer being negative 20. It was very interesting. During that time, I started interim pastoring a church, and I've been pastoring now for a little over 20 years. And I've continued working in, uh, in the tree care industry as well. And through all of it, I've had to learn that following Jesus needs to have an impact on how I work, what my attitude looks like, how I interact with other people. So I want to ask you guys two questions today, and that's what we're going to wrestle with as we look at God's Word, these, these two questions, what your goals are and, and what God's Word has to say. Question number one, what are your goals for your work? Now, if you're anything like me, I found it really easy for, for my first goal for work to be just make as much money as I can, right? You know, that kind of can become the motivation, like just go and make money, you know? Sometimes the motivation can be success, to move up, to get a better job, to be recognized. You, you can begin to find your identity in your work, all of those things, you know? What are your goals? Are your goals financial are they to make lots of money to buy all the stuff? Is your goal just to make it through? Is your goal to be happy, to have a job that makes you happy? And then question number two, what are your goals for your relationships at work? With your boss, with your coworkers, with your employees, with the people who you like and don't like? What do you do when your boss is a jerk? Because <laughs> that would never happen, right? What, what do we do? Do the people matter? Does your boss matter? Is it possible that God is up to something in your workplace? Well, thankfully, God's word gives us some clarity on what our goals can and should be so that following Jesus begins to impact even our work life. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at a passage that honestly wasn't written specifically just to employees. It was actually written to slaves, and that's an interesting thing. You would think that the Bible would just outright condemn slavery, right? And I will tell you, I think it does. In the book of Exodus, it makes it very clear that, it, that in the nation of Israel, it should be absolutely abhorrent and absolutely illegal for anyone to own someone else. In the book of Deuteronomy, it's very clear that as God was establishing the nation of Israel, that he told them, you are to make these cities so that if someone is a runaway slave, they can go to these cities and they can be safe. Nobody should be able to come after them. They should be safe there. God is, God is not pleased with slavery, but the reality is that it was a fact of life in the first century world. And so when Paul writes to Christians in the city of Colossae, and he's trying to teach them what their relationships should look like with work, I think he starts with slaves. But the overarching idea is that following Jesus needs to change your work ethic. It needs to change what work looks like. So let's look at it. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 22. Here's what it says. Slaves... Obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you, and to curry their favor. A couple of things. <laughs> if Paul tells slaves to obey their masters no matter what, 
How much more should we just do what our boss says? Oh, but wait, I know better. I know how to do it better. I've been doing this longer. Okay, maybe you do. And, and there's an appropriate way to go about having that conversation with your boss. But the bottom line is the scripture says, obey your master. And don't do it just when they're looking. And don't do it to curry favor. Don't be a brown noser. Listen, nobody loves a brown noser, right? That, that's even the idea in scripture. Don't do it just to get them in your back pocket or make sure that they like you. But instead, do it, your motivation here is with sincerity of heart, and here's the big one. The biggest one for me is reverence for the Lord. What's the idea? Recognizing that God is God. Jesus is our king. And if he's our king, then when he says jump, we say how high, and we're ready to follow him. See, I think that the scripture here in Colossians chapter 3, gives us two clear statements about what should be going on in our work life, okay? The first one shows up in this first verse. Here's what it is. I think that God has called us to be faithful in the workplace. God has called you to be faithful in the workplace. He's called you not to do as little as you can, not to get away with as much as you can, not just to be a person who doesn't steal on the workplace, but also a person who is faithful so you're not stealing from the time clock, a person who is faithful who obeys and listens to their boss and does what you are asked to do because, because you love Jesus. That's, that's the call. Now look at the, the other verses, three other verses that we're going to look at here today. Verse 23 through 25. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Now, if you, wanna, if you have your own Bible and you want to underline one of the verses, to me it would be this one. This is very, very similar to 1 Corinthians 10.31, the verse that I talked to you about earlier. So whatever you do, even if you're in retirement, See, today in, in the American, you know, in our American culture, the, the, the thought is, I get to retirement and then I can do whatever I want to do. I get to retirement and I can kick back and play golf and watch TV and be my own man or be my own woman and there won't be any kids telling me what to do or nagging at me or whatever and now I'm free. Listen, as a Christian, you need to rethink your retirement. Don't buy the lie that the world gives you. Because whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Verse 24, since, here's, here's why, here's why we do that. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So the, on the positive side, there's a, there is a reward that comes with it. There is, you know, God is paying attention. He's seeing what's going on. There is a reward that comes when we are faithful workers. But then on the negative side, look at verse 25. Here's what it says. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Negatively, the Lord warns us and says that there will be a time when the bill comes due. So, Colossians 3 
is talking about our work. And he gives us two clear ideas. Number one, God has placed us to, or called us to be faithful in the workplace. Number two, how we work has long-term consequences. It has long-term consequences for yourself. It has long-term consequences for others. It has long-term consequences in our workplace. So what I want to do is just walk through three observations about everyone's work. And if you're following along in the notes on our app, this is where you're going to find some of these these kind of main points, okay? The scripture is talking to us about what our work life should look like. And so let me share with you three observations, okay? The first one shows up in verse 22, and I'm going to go back and show it to you again, okay? Colossians chapter 3 and verse 22, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Here's the first observation, Your work ethic, I think, and my work ethic, reveals your God. And I would say your little G God or your big G God. Do you understand the distinction? Little G God is a God that's really not a God, but it is something that has hold of my heart, and it's something that I give my time, my talent, my thoughts, my energy, my, all of my, you know, capability to So what happens when I show up and I clock in, like for me, you know, I will go go down to to Montrose and be in meetings and and planning and and working all day tomorrow and Tuesday, and then Wednesday and Thursday, I'm up here working at our campus, and, and what my time looks like when I am on the clock, so to speak, for Bridgewater Church reveals who or what I actually really worship. And the same is true for you. That would be true of you at school. The attitude that you take when you're approaching your schoolwork, that would be true of you in retirement. The way that we approach it, it reveals who or what that I actually worship. In fact, this is where verse 23 comes in as well. Verse 23 says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. The question is, Are you worshiping the Lord when you're at work? When I worked at PDI, that was the um, the Perishable Distributors of Iowa. When I worked there, and I, I, it was this giant warehouse. You had to clock in on time. If you didn't clock in on time, you only got X number of warnings before you were getting getting written up, and eventually there were more serious consequences. But it was very popular in that particular warehouse to get in, clock in, and all kinds of guys who worked in the warehouse, they would, they would clock in and then they'd go outside and they'd spend the first 20 minutes having a smoke break. It was very popular. It was very popular to clock in and then go kind of find your buddies and congregate and sit, you know, at these places where we had to pick up all of our comm systems and you just stand there and talk. And I I remember seeing people that would just stand there for upwards of 30 minutes. Is that what we're called to as Christians? What's it say about our, our God? Now, here's the thing. I think... Work reveals our little G gods just as well as our big G gods. See, if you show up at, at, at work and, and the Lord is your king, it's going to come out in your work. 
But if you're working for something else, if you're worshiping something else, it's going to show up as well. There's two different types of little g gods, I think, that, that can get revealed, okay? One of them gets revealed by laziness. The other gets revealed by uh, overworking or what we could call being a workaholic. And most of us probably would tend towards one of those, okay? Laziness, the interesting thing about laziness is that it reveals that we tend to worship these gods of comfort and ease. We, we want things to be comfortable. We don't want to be pushed too far. We want things to be easy. It reveals that we, are, we, are, we have gods of selfishness and we just want to be entertained. And so I, I wonder if there are ways that laziness shows up in our day-to-day work life. Second, what about being a workaholic? I would guess that in this particular neck of the woods, that there can be a lot of people who just work and 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 work. I grew up on the, like that. I grew up on a farm. And then we moved into town, but then we've, we've still worked the farm and been engaged. When, you, when you're involved in farming, you get up early, you work all day, you go to bed late. That's just the way it is, you know? And for me, this idea of, of, of being a workaholic has been celebrated. You know, we reward people who are workaholics. We call them, you know, employees of the year. We say they're the best, but, but really what ends up happening is we're working for other reasons. We're working just for, you know, way too much financial gain. We are working, we are celebrating things like that. We're working also for, for success, for pride, for our image. We're working out of fear of man because we're worried about what people think about us. Both of those. Both of those put us into ditches, one ditch on one side, one ditch on the other. It puts us in a place that's not in line with working for the glory of God. These things, these gods, these gods of comfort and ease and selfishness, these gods of money and success and pride, they make terrible gods. They will never satisfy you, but Jesus will. Jesus will. Now, I would tell you, I, I, I know that as I was preparing to, to teach on this today, I, there was a lot of conviction on my part because I tend towards the workaholic. I, I told my wife when we got married, I said, I, I could work all day, every day. I don't know why, I just like it. And quite possibly... It's because I'm looking to find fulfillment in what I do when really I was designed to find fulfillment in my God. You see, your work ethic reveals your God or your gods. Now, on the flip side, I want you to know that what goes on in your life does matter and how you work does matter, okay? And here's why. I think that Monday morning worship, when that alarm goes off at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever time it is for you, Monday morning worship and what you do at work is just as important as Sunday morning worship. Please do not think that this is, you know, 
this is the only place that we glorify God. No, Monday morning worship is just as important as Sunday morning worship. What you do when you get up in the morning and go to work, that matters. So what does your current work ethic say about your God? Second, observation number two, your work ethic speaks louder than your words. It does. What happens at school speaks louder than your words. What happens at, at your job speaks louder than your words. People are watching. People are paying attention. They're seeing how you work. They're making decisions about your God. They're making decisions about your invitation to, to, to Bridgewater. I mean, think about it. How many people have ended up here because somebody from work invited them? There's a lot of people. I was here, you know, before my wife and I and my family, we got established out here just a couple of weeks ago. We were, uh, we had the pleasure of being here on Easter, and I believe it was Mark Snyder, one of his co-workers at Binghamton University, came on Easter, you know? That's happening because people are watching. They're, they're paying attention. Look at what the scripture says. Verse 24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. This is that positive motivation. Then we have the, the negative reminder. Anyone who does wrong, verse 25, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. I mean, here's the thing. God has called us to be faithful. And there will come a time when we have to give an account and really, the way we work, it's speaking louder than what we have to say. People are watching you and how you interact with them. And the Lord is, is watching. And that's not a, something that we have to be afraid like he's this big angry God in the sky with a, a big stick. No, it's not like that. But the reality is that how you work speaks much louder than your words. Here at Bridgewater, we want to see as many people as is humanly possible. Uh, no, let's re-say that. As is possible for God to come to know Christ. We want to see as many people as possible come to know Christ. And so how you work has a huge impact on that. Here's what I think. The way you work with people matters as much as the work you do. So what about your relationships? Do you have people at work that are hard to be around? That's a lot of fun, isn't it? Somebody who comes in with a bad attitude all the time? Somebody who you have to go behind and fix their work? Do you have that? How we interact with them matters as much as the work we do. I said before, what do you do if, you're, if your boss is a jerk? What do, you, what do you do then? Well, let me show you. 1 Peter chapter 2 deals with this. It says, slaves in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Then in verse 19, it says this, for it's commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering just because, or because they are conscious of God. In other words, listen, this is good and commendable and God is going to work and he's going to do things. He's going to move. He's going to do powerful things. Even if the people you are surrounded with are hard to be around, God is up to something. So keep being faithful. Your work ethic says more than your words.
speaks louder than your words. Third, the third observation. And this is where, this is something that I think is, is not very popular in, the, in, the, in our American culture. Your integrity at work, your character, your integrity at work is worth more than your paycheck. God calls us to not compromise our integrity. I'll tell you, the number of times working in the world that, that I have had opportunities to, to compromise, the number of times that you will have opportunities to compromise at work, to cut corners, to do things, to talk like you know you, you shouldn't because everybody else is talking like that, to tell, to, to, to say jokes, to do things. Right now, we have, a, we have a, a new challenge with this, working from home, where nobody knows. Nobody's going to know if you have the TV on in the background and you're slightly distracted. Nobody knows if you're, you know, you're kind of getting a few things done and then you're running to the store and then you're coming back. Nobody knows because you're working from home. But the bottom line is the scripture tells us that your integrity is worth more than your paycheck. It's more important because the Lord, is, Lord sees it, and he honors it, and he's paying attention. The reality is, Christians, this is not our home. And since it's not our home, we need to live in a way that is honoring of our heavenly home. When I owned my tree company back in Kansas City, I had an employee who worked for me who decided to start a fight with me one day over his paycheck. Did it out in front of everyone else. And so I said, hey, let's step aside. I went and looked, looked over everything. His paycheck was 100% accurate. But he kept going and going and going and was starting a fight with me over $20. In the end, I pulled him aside and I said, hey, I'm going to give you the $20 because I don't, I don't I, frankly, I don't care about the $20, but what I do, do care about is our, our culture with our company. And so if you have a problem, come to me, not in front of everybody else. But right then and there, honestly, I found that I could have fought with him and kept the money, but, was mo but what was more important was trying to figure out what was actually going on and get to the heart of this young guy who was working for me. Over the years working in, in the secular workforce, there are times when people were going, would, would, you know, um, I'd have invoices out and they'd, they'd be ready to pay. I'd have people send in checks that were more than what they actually owed, people ready to write checks that were more than what they actually owed. They said, oh, it was, it was $3,500 when it was actually $3,000. And, and I could have said, yes, yes. But in the end, I know they could go back and look and see what I'd actually, you know, your integrity is worth more than a paycheck. That's, that should be our goal in the workplace. So what do we do? Well, let me share with you a couple of things that can help you in the workplace or at school or retirement. Number one, prayer is a big deal. Just asking God for help. 
What if when you left here today, you decided to, to commit yourself to praying daily, God help me in the workplace. In fact, we have a tool for you here at Bridgewater if you want to do that. We're going to do something out of this particular sermon series that's, that's new. We're going to do a, a, a workplace prayer prompt. And so if you're interested in this, you can text the word work to the number 570-278-2352. And what you're going to get is for the next 10 days, okay, you're going to get a prompt that's going to remind you to pray for your testimony at work, pray for your integrity at work, pray for your work ethic at work. And so I'd, I'd invite you to, to jump on with that, okay? Secondly, sometimes we just need some accountability. We need to talk to somebody. We need to ask for some help. And so I'd invite you, maybe it's in a small group here at, at Bridgewater, or if you have a friend, somebody who's been bringing you, or you've, you've brought a friend, start talking with somebody Talk to your spouse about, hey, I'm struggling with this issue at work. Would you, would you hold me accountable? Third, as was said in the testimony video earlier, sometimes finances drive our worship of little g-gods. And so I'd invite you to consider signing up for Financial Peace University. It's, it's free to you. It's an opportunity to get those things in order. It's an opportunity for you to take steps that will help set you up to be able to honor God, even with your finances. Now, over the years, I've worked a number of different jobs, and likely so have many of you. But the biggest thing that has impacted me is knowing that no matter where I go, no matter where I'm at, I've chosen to follow Jesus, and he's supposed to be my king. Well, if he's my king, he should show up in my heart, even at work. That's my prayer for you, Bridgewater. Would you pray with me? Father God, I pray that we would be a people who are absolutely surrendered to you, even in the workplace. Sometimes that's hard because we're surrounded by other people who, who aren't surrendered to you. Sometimes it's hard because we're the boss and you have to make hard decisions and it makes you unpopular. God, I pray that, I pray that we would be a people who would not be given to laziness or given to being workaholics, but instead that we would be people who would trust you and obey you even in the workplace. Thank you, Father, for your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.